0: J squad. Welcome in to another episode of the Fast Break Podcast here on WTK's Rock Solid Sports. And as always, I'm here with Chris Clark, Keith and Foster, and Justin Clemmer. I'm Bryson Wright. And as always, like we always talk about, it's always exciting when you get to talk about the NBA, especially uh, when it's been as exciting as it has been through this part of the season and we finally got the first players of the month which are also for the two best teams in the NBA through this first quarter of the season uh, which is the Suns and the Celtics and we got Jason Tatum and Devin Booker as the players of the month both of them have been playing incredible had some pretty incredible performances in the last week with Tatum having 49 Devin Booker having 51 on 20 out of 25 shooting which is absolutely ridiculous Uh, but yeah, I'll open up. I'll open it up to you guys. What do you think about how they've played so far this season?
1: Um, when I look at the Suns and I, I see their lineup, I, I'm shocked that they're the first seed. It, it speaks to how how good D Book's playing. I mean, you look at the starting lineup; it'll be it's D Book. Uh, he uh, it starts to put them in the back quarter alongside campaign and then you got Tory Craig Bridge, DeAndre Aiden. You see that, you're like, okay, that's not too bad. But then the bench. Damian Lee is their go to guy coming off the bench. He's their sixth man. And then you got Shamit, Jock Landale and Biombo get some minutes sometimes. And yeah, that's that's not gonna be their lineup uh, going forward, hopefully, once they get uh Chris Paul who's uh, involved with some extracurriculars and then um Oh no who else? Cam Johnson. <laughs> and then they might get some return for Jay Crowder, who knows? And but, yeah, that, that, that's shocking to me. Um, D-Book, I think he gets disrespected a lot because uh, his antics, like, uh, what did he, he called Luka soft or something, and then Luca just, like, put his shoulder in his chest and it looked like D-Book was crying or whatever. But, yeah, D-Book is that guy, and I, I think he needs to get his flowers.
2: One thing i said about D-Book is um, coming into the league, we always knew he was a scorer. Um, like, we've seen him drop 70 in his second year. But one thing that we notice now His game is he's one of those guys, the few people that's averaging 25, 5, and 5. I'm I'm pretty sure he did it last year. Um, We see his rebounding um, stats go up over the years. We've seen his assist stats go up over the year, especially throwing a couple of those to Chris Paul, like you said earlier. So, um, I mean, the defensive side has got a little bit better, too. So we just see um, how it goes over season. But in terms of the lineup, I believe that that more so goes to Monty Williams and sure, the coaches. For sure, for sure. Yeah,
3: and Monty's a proven guy, we, and we know that. And, you know, the, the Suns, you know, going back to you know the previous finals, not last year, but the year before. I mean, they had it right there, and we knew they were going to rebound big. Last year, I think they they, they did well enough, um, but throughout the regular season, they were obviously a tremendous team. This year, off to a good start – I don't think quite the same uh, but I do think they are still a very good team you've got five guys in double figures for the Suns right now again you have such a good coach in Monty Williams uh, leading them and Devin Booker who right now is just absolutely carrying this team so I like what I see from Phoenix right now I think there's still more that they can build on and and be better but uh, off to a good start
1: you're right Uh, Monty Williams might deserve as much credit as D Book because I mean I just look at campaign um, for one Uh, he kind of just completely um he's the reason why campaign's still playing basketball he was one of the worst players in the league um after his stints with okc and uh chicago i believe he's playing overseas for a little bit but Dude, he was he was known as just russell westbrook's dance, dance partner. partner yeah that, that <laughs> was that was all the clips that was, was uh, crazy too yeah, yeah campaigns <laughs> highlights consisted of him dancing with westbrook but yeah now he's and now you know, no now yeah now he's a, a solid yeah
0: it's like you yeah, know he's a solid nba player and it's like Chris Paul's out, you got to throw him out there. Hey, he's, y- y'all can still, what are they, 18 and 6 or something stupid like that? Or yeah.
2: So one thing I want to ask you guys is, um, obviously we know last year with the Mavericks destroying the Suns in Game 7. Um, before that, a lot of people like to attribute it to injury, but we did see the Suns in the finals led by Devin Booker. Um, we seen Jason Tatum in the finals last year as well. With that being said is, do you think that, Tatum will not say he won't make the finals. I mean, will do bad and get his beat as bad as the Suns did. But do you think it's a potential that maybe now that everybody is prepared for them, um, they got more of a game plan and everything ready that Tatum may not make it to the finals? Or do you think that he'll be able to eventually get back there? I wouldn't be
0: surprised if they go back this season. I, I don't think anybody figured anything out about them. I mean, I think they ran into a team that was better last year. Like, the Warriors were just a better team. I don't know if they necessarily figured them out. Uh, I think it was a lot of experienced things like Tatum and Brown maybe not really being there before, and they just ran into Steph playing at an all-time level. Like, you you ran into an all-time great playing at an all-time level. Uh, I don't think that it's impossible to say that they could go back to the finals. I mean, you look at the way they've been playing – talking about how great their offensive has been. I know Justin has some stats about where they rank all time uh, in terms of their offensive stats over here.
1: Their offensive rating is 121.5 this year. That's um, 9.5 rating points above the league average, and that's the most in league history. So we're talking about not just Dayton, Jason Tatum, we're talking about uh, Brogdon, we're talking about, of course, Jalen Brown, who at some t- at some points looks like a superstar, especially last year in the playoffs. And even guys like Horford, Marcus Smart, just the whole team is uh, producing at an historic level, and it's uh, arguably one of the best offenses that we've seen by the numbers.
3: Yeah, Boston's really spreading that ball around, man, and they're doing a fantastic job at doing that. And I think, to y'all's question, in the East, I don't, I don't think Boston, I mean, yes, there's some good teams out there, but maybe they're, their path to get back to the finals and overcome what happened last year and level up, get that championship. I don't think it's as as crowded as it is in the West because you have so many good teams in the West that are still vying to prove themselves as well. The Warriors, I mean, I know they're off to a rocky start, but you better believe this will be a team down the stretch that's going to be dangerous to play. There's going to be other teams as well, Memphis. And so, like, there's – I don't know. I just think the Celtics – I don't want to say have an easier way, but I, I don't think there's as many teams that are competing for that top as it is in the West. And it's something
1: I you got to remember, I, I think last year when we brought up the Celtics, we brought up um, their defense, and now we're talking about their offense. Well, the defense is about to get some reinforcements. I mean, they uh, Robert Williams is about to come back really soon. He was one of the leaders in um, block shots last year, so that's going to be a huge boost to this, uh, like, unstoppable force.
0: Yeah, and – it's going to be interesting to see how that works when once Robert Williams does get back. But there's no question that, especially over this last stretch, they've been the best team in the NBA. And I I do agree. There's not as many teams vying for it in the East. I think most people are really seeing it as this is a race between the Celtics and the Bucks. And it's and it feels like as they're it on as it stands a, right now. As it stands right now, it feels like that's the collision course. Now we're only a quarter through the season. There's always a bunch of stuff that can happen. Uh, but as of now it looks like the Celtics and the Bucks are on a collision course in the east and uh, that's gonna be really interesting to see what happens because as you know they played last year, went to seven games. Chris Middleton was not playing for the Bucks uh, in that series though. So I don't know. it's gonna be interesting to see what happens which that's something else we wanted to talk about is Chris Middleton is actually returning as we're recording this he's record he's returning tonight to play the Lakers. So that'll be something very interesting to watch as well.
1: Was this the same injury that kept him out in the playoffs? Uh I don't
0: think so. Okay. Or maybe it was. I'll have to check and see. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure.
1: Okay, yeah, but we talked about like how big of a boost Robert Williams is going to be for the Celtics, but I I mean, I think we can all agree Chris Middleton is, is a is a better player and is going to help the Boston up, uh, sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks even more. So
2: And then you go exactly like we were saying, you can even make an argument back to MVPs you can make the argument that Giannis is the MVP right now, along with Luca, not Luca, Steph. And yeah, I said man. Steph, oh my God, Devin Booker, <laughs> Jason Tatum. So That's you the look top at, five, there, You but. look at their records right now, um, Boston has lost four games, Milwaukee's only lost five games. Now, while Boston has played more games, like you just said, the Bucks have not had Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. arguably. I could say Jalen Brown's probably the best number two right now, but arguably the second best number two in the league right now in Jalen not Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, as we've seen him prove himself in the finals before. So, like we was talking about in the past shows how You have a guy that you can defer to later in the clutch, and Chris Middleton with Giannis deferring to uh, Chris Middleton in the clutch. I feel like that's huge because now it takes less stress off of Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez to have to do stuff. When you have somebody who's more natural. Javon Carter, too.
1: like Shout out to him. He's stepped up in a big way. He filled um, some very big shoes to fill, and he's been doing very well. He'll be a... He's been starting, but uh, I imagine once Middleton comes back uh, tonight, he'll move off to the bench. But I think he carved out a good role for himself. Oh
0: yeah, that's yeah, I agree with that. Well, go ahead, Chris.
3: So I just want to touch on what Keithen said because I think that's a very good point you bring up. Look at the look at the Bucks roster right now. I mean, you have Giannis who's up there with thirty one point three points per game right now. He is he's up there with the top. The next leading scorer, Holiday, seventeen point eight points. That's a huge drop in what would normally be uh, uh, your your top two scores. For Giannis to have the Bucks where they are right now, given that Middleton has not been out there, that is a tremendous um, uh, boost of confidence for that team. As Middleton comes back tonight, so I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Milwaukee? They they could end up really starting to run away with some things, along with Boston, of course.
1: Yeah, and there's no sugarcoating it. Like um, uh, the Suns are the first seed in the West, Boston's first seed in the East, but uh, the Bucks have the second best record in the NBA. So. And another name I throw out there, I have no idea if he's going to play or not, but they got Joe Ingles on the roster. I'm, I'm, I want to hey, see if he can get some Yeah, that, has that some would some be good interesting. Moments, man. Yeah. I and think
3: like, in the playoffs, he's one of those guys that just out of nowhere comes up clutch for you sometimes.
1: Yeah, he kind of started the whole uh, playoff P thing. No, but and can we also talk about the fact that Brooke
0: Lopez is right now averaging over 15 a game and almost wow. three blocks?
2: The fact, like, that, it's honestly, it it's always still blows my mind when I see Brooke Lopez through threes because you know, when he first came into the league, he back wasn't when he was the on shooter. the Nets. No, he, he used was to never sh- shoot threes. I know yeah. he's the Nets leading scorer all time, still. Yeah, oh I think he gosh, still is. That's crazy. So that's which is crazy to say, but um, yeah, it's always Man's crazy got some
3: Accolades, don't he?
2: And you just go yeah. to so, like, look at how well constructed the Bucks team is, like. When you go to building around your star, you can almost – this is probably almost the best example of building around your star because we've seen in the past when Giannis was having his struggles, a lot of teams were just walling up on him, and he didn't have that many people to throw it out to. But now you look, he has Brooke Lopez who can shoot space to floor, Drew Holiday – Chris Middleton, as you uh, just said, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen. So, all these shooters on the floor that just allow him more room to just attack down the, fl- uh, down the uh, floor because now you have to respect the people in the corners more. because Giannis is a willing passer if he just has to.
1: Yeah, they've come a long way from the days of uh, Eric Bledsoe starting in the back. <laughs> play. Crazy to say, Javon Carter is better than him.
3: That's wild. Well, I mean, the Bucks are just a significantly better team now, as you guys are mentioning the, the the way they've been constructed, and especially under that leadership and that tutelage of Giannis over the past few years, we've seen just a, such a transformation of that of that franchise, and, and well deservedly so. I think they battled their way to get to that championship, and uh, I know Giannis was upset about not getting there last year. I, I really cannot wait to see what Milwaukee does going forward.
0: Yeah, for sure, and kind of, the, kind of. Transition to another team. Uh, this is kind of on the opposite side, but they are playing the Lakers tonight. I said that I was not going to talk about the Lakers again until they won. I think five games, <laughs> uh, and I think they are. I think here we are. The, quarter here of the, we are. the season they did. They've <laughs> they've made it to seven. They've made it to seven wins uh, on the season. I'm pretty eight sure. Wins. Oh, eight wins. Yeah, oh, eight, my fault. Eight, I shorted y'all a win. My fault. Lakers fans. Yeah, look at me defending the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, like I, I apologize to Lakers fans. Uh, but it really just comes down to. Anthony Davis looks like Anthony Davis again. And I think this is what everybody knew that like nobody has ever said Anthony Davis is like not is washed or anything.
1: No, cuz he's always had the de- it's defensive side. The, always the defensive injuries, side never always. left him. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever questioned how good of a player he really is. It's just uh, why can't he stay healthy?
1: Yeah, but then it's like you
0: look at it like he's back to averaging 26 points. He's leading the NBA in rebounds per game. He's averaging
2: almost 13 rebounds a
0: game. Look at
1: that field goal percentage, 57 from the field. He's
2: dominating. And everybody knew that AD had this in him because, like you said earlier, it wasn't a matter of if he had the ability. It was just can he stay on the floor. You go back to when he was playing with the Pelicans, like the numbers that he was putting up with the Pelicans. Oh, he was – Leading that no but hold, up, hold up y'all like, just gotta
0: hear this you're gonna hear you gotta hear these points and rebounds for the last like seven games 37 and 18 38 and 16 30 and 18 37 and 21 25 and 15. 25 and 13,
2: 27 and 12. Exactly. Like, this. like that's every night, just every night. Exactly. Easy. So, it's ridiculous. And I seen a report today saying that the Lakers next month, which we've been talking about this for years, so I'm not even going to get too much into this, but they're looking to be more aggressive in the trade. And um, I was talking to one of my coworkers at work. He's a huge Lakers fan. So, we talk about the Lakers all the time at work. And I was telling him, I think the Lakers can get a playing spot
1: with the current roster. I agree.
2: I think that they can fight for a play on playing spot because the way that the West is right now is still young in the season. Um, the the race is really tight right now. Like, if you lose one game, you drop thirty spots. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It, yeah. So, with that being said, um, teams are gonna lose games. Um, they're starting to come into form a little bit as we were saying. Um, I believe they've only be like one team over five hundred. Yeah, over but, that stretch, yeah. But with that being said, um, I feel like they're starting to find a groove, get a little bit more confidence in himself. You see Russ flourishing. I think I've seen that he's the favorite for six men of the year right now. That's awesome.
0: No, nah, I think right now I can give it to him. I mean, it's crazy. It, like, because it makes sense. Like, I, I get why he's playing so much better, but it's almost just like since he's – able to have the ball in his hands and he can play the way he's used to playing. He's not worried about, you know, feeding LeBron or feeding Anthony Davis. Cause he's out there playing with guys like Lonnie Walker. Like it's almost like the bench unit that he's on makes him feel like he's back on the thunder in 2017. And I think that's like that's the way he's playing. That's a great that's way what to would
3: play. make him very comfortable. And that, and I think that's what he's needed to fill in, in L.A. because there's always been the talk since he's been there about you know Westbrook and everything else. And and he's had to deal with that. He's had to deal with the the controversies. However, for the Lakers, I just want to say they've had that stretch where yeah they they did play a lot of bad teams and they I will give them all the credit for beating them. Coming up though, I mean they, they've got a tough stretch. You mentioned the Bucks game. They've got the. The Wizards after that, which, you know, whatever. But then they got the Cavs coming up, the Raptors who, you know, the Raptors beat, have beaten the Bucks twice this year. They're, they're no step-over team. Uh, Celtics, excuse me, not the Bucks. Uh Then you got the Sixers. I mean, they and then the Celtics two games later. So it's, it could be a rough December for the Lakers. I mean, then they'll have the Nuggets eventually, the Suns, the Kings. So uh, if they can maintain at least a 500 stretch for December, I'm with you on thinking that they can still they can still reach that playoff spot. One thing we got, know I think Portland. And, no, you're good, man. I think Portland and, and and Utah are eventually going to fall out. So maybe them and Dallas replace them.
0: See, this is the thing, I, and I we're, we can get into like some of these other teams too. But when I look at it, I think the reason why it's so tough for to see the Lakers in there is because it's like who who are they going to pass? And I think outside of Utah. Like, I I could see them passing Utah. I also feel like Utah is going to end up being, like, the ten seed. Like, that's just kind of how I'm feeling right now. I don't know. It's not a complete
3: dropout. uh, Yeah,
0: I I don't know if they're going to have a complete dropout. But, I mean, this early in the season, it's really hard to tell. And there could be some deals and stuff coming up over there because you know how Danny Ainge is. Uh, So you never really know what's going to be going on over there. But it's like you you, got to think Dallas is going to move into the top 10, right? So that means they're Uh, another team. Like I guess you look at Portland, but like you don't think Minnesota is going to fall out. Golden State, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and then the Nuggets. To some, yeah, like those those teams are going to be in, I think, regardless. So it's just like who else is going to drop? And then you also got to look at they are going to have to worry about the Thunder because the Thunder are not they're not bad. They're really not. Like they're gonna like <laughs> they might have to worry about the Thunder a little bit, and if if they get hot at the right time when you have the way that Shea has been playing. Uh last oh God, week we he's were, been so good, hasn't Like last week we were talking about him. We were talking about him as one of the ten most impactful players in the league right now. Yeah, I,
3: I totally agree with just that. Just
0: like on a on a nightly basis, it's it's insane. The second so there's a lot.
1: On that team is yeah, Josh Giddy. Uh Shea is thirty one, Giddy has fourteen and you don't even think of Giddy as a scorer. So yeah, go ahead, Bryce.
0: But yeah, there's just there's just so many teams in the West. Like it's it's not necessarily that It's different than last year because last year it felt like the West was top heavy because it was the Suns and they were running away. And then it was like the Grizzlies and the Warriors. And then after that, it was a lot of other stuff. I mean, the Mavericks ended up being, I guess, the surprise team, but they still had Lucas. So you knew they had a chance, but it's almost like it felt like throughout the most of the season, everybody was talking about the Suns and the Warriors. And then the Warriors had some injuries, fell off, whatever, whatever. But those were the two teams in the West. And then in the East, all the t- you were like you re- didn't really know what was going to happen because there was like four or five teams that could have done something. I think that this year is the opposite. Whereas the East is it's looking like it's going to be Celtics and Bucks, and then in the West, I don't even know what to think about the West
2: because it's just been it's, the Wild West. In the Wild stressed. West, yeah. yeah. I honestly would like to, even though I don't think they're to the the tier of the Celtics and Bucks. I honestly like to throw the Cavs in there. Because we look yeah. back at last season, the whole season, they were a top seed in the East until injuries derailed their season. So you look at the roster, they have basically the same team add along Donovan Mitchell, which like we said, we know what Donovan Mitchell can get into when it gets into the playoff time when it's really serious. So you look at their roster, Darius Garland, who's just gonna continue to grow. He's
3: averaging eight assists right exactly, now. Exactly, who's just gonna continue points. to grow.
2: Donovan Mitchell. You have uh Curse Levert. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, you still have Kevin Love off the bench, who has championship experience in himself. Six so, man of the year candidate. Exactly. So with that being said, while like I said, I don't think it's to the extent or the tier of Boston and um, Milwaukee. Just because those those are teams that are just on a different level. Like they have superstars with Jason Tatum and um, Giannis, which I don't think Donovan Mitchell is to the tier uh, that superstar level yet. The fact that they have all these pieces around them and that they was able to make it so far last year with them being a young team, I feel like adding a piece like Donovan Mitchell is only going to help them out even more going forward.
0: I mean, I definitely think that it has so far as well because, I mean, you look at him, he's averaging 28 a game. Uh, I I just feel like he's energized on defense again, too. Not necessarily that he's a great defender or anything like that, but he just looks like he actually cares about defense, whereas that was a big criticism of him in Utah. So I think that's something he's came back and he's focused on a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of crazy shit going on. Like, honestly, I don't even know what's going on with the Cavs. Like,
3: I don't know. Like, <laughs> in, in the playoffs, this this could be an interesting team, man. But we we've seen Donovan Mitchell at least uh, with Utah, so I don't know. I'm oh, with yeah. you guys. I think it's a dark horse. Like, can they get to a potential Eastern Conference final? I think a semis is. This. Is looking good for them, but I think they and could. it's a, and it's a step in the right direction. For I think Cleveland. they could
2: sneak to the conference finals. I don't know about the finals just yet. I wouldn't say that yet, but no. I feel like they can make a, a conference finals appearance.
1: We've we've seen young teams in the past, like. uh you could, you could put throw Boston in there, but uh, I think of the Hawks of a few years ago, and nobody expected them to exactly take down the Pacers right. or even the Knicks. They beat the Knicks, then that stretch, that run. But uh, yeah, Cleveland could have, they have the tools? They have the roster to surprise a lot of people. And I mean, yeah,
3: just imagine an NBA Finals that has Cleveland with no LeBron. Like <laughs> that all be
1: ridiculous. Like oh I, I, I
3: just can't gosh. even fathom that right now. Cavs, I mean, Cavs I, yeah, Warriors, I, no LeBron.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you, like like you said, you see the Cavs they're third. I think they're the clear third team. And I feel like they've distanced themselves from everybody behind them right now. Like Even like a team like Miami, who you know has been good in the past, I feel like Cleveland has been better than them so far this year. I think Miami's yeah, going Miami. to turn it around. But uh, I think they're better than Philadelphia. But Philadelphia has also had some injuries to start the season. So who really knows what's going to happen once they get Maxi and Harden back and if those guys can start playing uh, the way that you know they can. Uh, So it's it's, kind of hard to judge all these teams like just solely based on record and stuff like that at this point in the season just because there have been some injuries to different players. But I still think that right now that fully healthy Cavs team looks pretty dangerous.
2: I honestly don't really trust the 76ers in the playoffs as much crazy as it sounds. They haven't
3: given you any reason to do that. Exactly. Like
2: we go over the years, like Joel B hasn't had that much postseason success. Over the years And he's starting to get Later into his time now Well I don't think that It's impossible We just go back Through history I just Don't really see Enough When you compare it To teams like Boston and Milwaukee I don't know If it's enough and um,
1: yeah, definitely not. You got to add in the fact like Doc Rivers, um, he does have a championship under his belt, but in recent years, uh, he's just kind of not done as much as you think he should with the the talent that um, he has. So I mean, yeah.
3: come on, that's going back to even the Clippers days. Like exactly, they were good enough to get to the playoffs, but never got to, to the get conference to a finals. finals. Yeah. yeah,
2: do you I think th- we see a trade coming soon um, for the Seventy Sixers? Philly has yes. to do
3: something. Like you figure, mm. right?
2: Well, to bolster know. the bench, I, absolutely. Have we see Shake Milton, not all, Shake Milton, um, step up um i don't know to tobias harris maybe i don't know if they'll move him but just something because like it seems like they have pieces but it's still not quite where they want them to be
1: well every time we talk about the sixers i talk about their awful bench and yeah like the off the bench like it's george yang and um and shake moon when that's when everyone's healthy with uh maxi and uh hard now those guys are, are starting so yeah i think they should uh shoot for uh you know a player that can create for himself just a you know a certified bucket off the bench a good six man like a, a dude like jordan clarkson would be a lot of dude a
0: lot of help that's so me. crazy because as you were saying that i was like like jordan Clarkson, yes <laughs> like i was thinking that in my head just and i was like i yeah. was like i wonder i wonder if justin's gonna think the same thing <laughs> that's yeah awesome. but like that's yeah for sure i, I definitely see what you're saying <sighs> yeah I, I just don't know if they're going to not soon just because they still haven't seen the team fully healthy yet. I agree. And like, I feel like they're going to wait for Maxie to get back. I know he has a foot injury and the same with Harden, which they're saying Harden should be coming back. I think on Monday or sometime in the next week or so, he should be back. Uh, Maxi is still going to be out for a couple more weeks. Uh, but I think once you get those two guys back, like I, I think before you make a trade, you got to make sure you know what you have to make sure you're not like messing some something up too early. Cause at the end of the day, we're still in about 20, 21 games in the season for most of these teams. So a lot of these teams are going to look a lot different. They're going to play differently uh, near the end of the season. So I don't, I'm always one that I like to look at stuff a little bit. That's why I'm more of a – when you get into like January, February, that's when I think you should start making trades because you're about halfway through the season – and then you still have the second half of the season to like kind of integrate them back into the team and stuff before the playoffs.
1: I'm gonna make a prediction right now. Um, I think the the Sixers go and get Eric Gordon. Uh, he's not the caliber talent of Jordan Clarkson, Ooh, but the connection with Daryl Morey. Um, they already have James Harden and P.J. Tucker. I think uh, they can get Eric Gordon for the cheap. Uh, the team like the Rockets really have no, not much use for them for him at this point. I mean they're they're going through the youth movement right now, and they could. Uh, I don't know. It, even a second round pick by the trade deadline, I think that they could uh, swap Eric Gordon for that. So yeah,
3: you are gonna have to look at those teams that are obviously not gonna be obviously not gonna be in it down the stretch. They're in a different race, if you will, but they're gonna be looking to give away some of those players. So maybe you can pluck some good ones out of there, especially if you are Philly. I think uh, just uh, even going back to still of, of the Jimmy Butler days, it's like ever since they lost him, it just always felt like they're missing that other piece. And I don't know what what that roster could have looked like, but it's just like. Philly, I feel like has to do something for their bench for sure. I am with Bryson. I don't think they should make a move right now, but if getting to the mid December, getting to Christmas time, close to New Year's, at that point, then you really start evaluating. Okay, what do we actually look like? What do we have here?
1: Yeah, but you hear heard it here first. Eric Gordon is a Sixer. Okay, dude, I I like that. That it makes that sense. Could work. Makes I th- yeah, I think
3: sense. it makes
2: sense. I think it makes sense. Eric, uh, Gordon is still a nice little player too. I mean, he's an older in age, but if you look over his careers, one thing he could do, he can always score the ball. So exactly. especially against the second unit of guys, I can trust Eric Gordon, and he's a savvy
3: unit. veteran, right? Like exactly. those are those guys you need to to fortify your team going into the playoffs. Who knows how to play
1: with PJ? Uh, PJ Tucker. I don't know why I said his name <laughs> first, but James Harden specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the reason they got him. Them dogs. Uh, But, yeah,
0: so kind of moving back over into the Western Conference, uh, another team that we do have to talk about. uh, This was mostly because I know Chris loves to hate on the uh, Mavericks, and the Mavericks have been – they've had a tough stretch. We actually talked about this. I feel like our prediction is coming through a little bit because on on our last pod, the three of us when we were here, uh, Chris wasn't here for that one. We were talking about how – can Luca continue to keep this up? Not that he's not going to continue to be incredible. He's still like, he, but he, he came out, he was averaging 38 a game or like 37, 38. I'm like, dude, it, like he can't keep this up the entire season. And it's like his usage rate. He had one of the highest usage rates in the history of the NBA. And it's like, dude, eventually somebody is going to have to help him. And I think that's kind of what we've seen over this stretch is it's Luca. who Being incredible, like Luca has been a superstar, uh, arguably the
2: best player in the world to start the season. I think the next step in Luca's evolution as a player is: we know he has the IQ, we know how good he is with the ball. I'd like to see him get better without the ball, because as we all know, as we talk about a lot with Steph Curry and guys like Ja, when they have the ball, they have a lot of gravity. They bring a lot of attention to themselves. Luca. He's a very good playmaker with the ball. He knows how to score. But when you see him off the ball, it's not really much movement. And most of that is because he has to have the ball. Like, I won't say that's, that's not why. But I feel like if he starts making him a threat off the ball more, not only would that help him get shots, but that would help other people along his team be able to get shots for themselves. Because now you have to worry worried about where Luka is more and the help. And the help is more worried about where he is. And now you miss it for a two second. As we know, these guys are NBA players. That's a, a easier a half a second more to get a wide-open look. So I just want to see Luka develop more over time off the ball. Not to quite extend like Steph Curry. It doesn't have to be like that. But just moving extra more just to make the defense focus on you to allow other people.
1: The problem with that is they, they don't have the the playmakers, mm-hmm. I think, for Luka to not have the ball. They're 29th in the league in assist. Uh, 21 a game and behind Luka you got Dinwiddie who averages five and then br- behind him is Tim Hardaway Jr. with two two a game and you don't even think of him as a guy who ever passes the ball so that that's oh, another wow. team who is going to need to make a, a really they really 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 need to make a move if they're going to be want to be serious contenders
3: you you're already getting at it they need another ball handler like I mean you just have to because Luka is phenomenal what he does but my goodness, at some point, you're going to have to take some of that weight off of him. They, dude, they, miss yeah, that's you're, they you're, missed yeah. Jalen Brunson. It's true. They missed Jalen
0: Brunson. And this this is what I'll say, is because if you look at their roster, right, which I guess this comes into the, the the addition that they just made that we'll get into in a second. But when you look at their roster right now, Spencer Dinwiddie is the starting shooting guard and the backup point guard, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they don't have a true backup point guard. And I think that's something that their new addition because we just talked about well they added kimba walker which we'll see how that works i will say if it was kimba walker or Fracnudo Campazo
1: i'll take kimba walker every time Yeah, because <laughs> that is where we're at with kimba walker at this point
0: i don't know but that's, i mean not to say that man. i think kimba's a bad player but it's like i mean if you're dropping compazzo for kimba walker you might as well try because I'm sorry. No offense. No offense to composite I mean, there's but. a
1: reason why he didn't stick with the Knicks uh, last year. Alec Burks was starting at point guard, who is a g- but. See, wing. the thing
0: is, the thing is, you don't need him to start, and I that think that is that's, the that's thing. true. You don't need him to start. You just need him to go out there and be kind of a threat from the perimeter and be able to find guys when they're open. Like, that's all you really need. You just need somebody to take some pressure. Like, I'm looking at this right now. Luka right now has the seventh high—this season, it would be the seventh highest single-season usage rate in the history of the NBA.
1: Wow. (laughs) And
0: it's like—and I'm I'm looking at all of these guys. Well, it's crazy that Giannis is actually—would have the third highest right now, which that's actually crazy. But I'm looking at all these other teams, and it's like Russell Westbrook in 2016-17— James Harden 2018-19, Kobe Bryant in 2005-2006, Westbrook again 14-15, and then Michael Jordan in 86-87. Those are the ones ahead of him. and I'm looking back and it's like, but none of those teams won like a championship, right? Because whenever you have t- seasons, when you have one guy that has a usage rate that high, it usually means they don't have a lot around them. Yeah, And it's like, th- I just don't know if they have enough around Luka To actually win a championship.
1: Yeah, and then later in the playoffs, when coaching, uh, gets to elite levels and uh, refs swallow their whistles. And, uh, you know, there can be game plans that minimize a guy like Luka, an offense that just relies on Luka as much as it does. I mean, that's just one player. But uh, as for Kemba Walker, he does have some juice left last year. I think it was – it might have been the Christmas game. Maybe it was around that time with the Knicks. Uh, He had a 40-point triple-double. So he can provide something to this team. Um, He is six feet tall. That is by far the smallest on the team. But, um, you know, the the lineups that they play, they don't really have a guy that's as small as Kemba Walker, so maybe you can hide a guy like that in a, just coming off the bench, just getting, like, just give him 20 minutes a game, and that, that could, you know, take a lot of pressure off of Luka and uh, just help their playmaking uh, uh, abilities as a whole for the Mavericks.
2: Where do you think that Kemba Walker, like, kind of his, I would say fall from grace because he was never just, like, a super superstar, but he was still an elite-level player that people respected. The injuries sure. in
1: Boston, I but
0: think. I don't know. It's like, part it's part of the injuries and I think it's partly that he he I mean some guys you just get older. And I think that's part of it. I mean, I don't I don't know how old is he now? He's 32. He's 32. I mean, it's not that old. That's
2: what I said it's not really that old. But
0: like, I mean, For I don't a six know. For player, I, I I would say it's probably the injuries then. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the injuries on top cuz injuries can make you age a little bit faster.
3: I think to me it's not a it, it is not a direct comparison, but a similarity. It's like a Derrick Rose type of thing where we saw the best years in those beginning years, and then unfortunately because of the injuries, the, the potential that they could have lived up to was just really cut out from under them. Uh, unfortunate to see, but for Kimba, I mean, he's come a long way since that, you know, that, that beautiful jumper with UConn. So, unfortunately – for him, a bit of a downfall, but I think for Dallas, this could still be a, a functional relationship. This could be a situation where, again, somebody has to take the ball from Luka, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a certain amount of time. Maybe as you're getting at, Keith, and maybe that's where he can start to develop better off-the-ball stuff. It's not probably going to happen this year. It certainly won't be overnight, but I don't know. We'll see what Dallas thinks. They've got a lot to figure out.
2: One thing I'll say that will be interesting about Kimba is, like we said, they don't have – that many people that can handle the ball so with him coming into the second unit he's going to have a lot of opportunity to show himself it's going to be mainly i would say him and christian wood so probably you'll see a lot of pick and roll between the two of them guys i feel like he'll have a lot of chances to make plays facilitate um create his own buckets and see build his confidence back up over time because like we said who else are they going to give the ball to other than spencer Dinwiddie? And I
0: would and like to stack
3: up point guard, unfortunately. Exactly. No,
0: and also, and I think you bringing up Christian Wood, because I've seen a lot of Mavericks fans kind of get on uh, Jason Kidd a little bit because they think Christian Wood should be starting instead of coming off the bench, which that's an interesting conversation because I think it's like the bench itself is not great, and I think that's the reason why they wanted to throw uh, Christian Wood on the bench, uh, just because they, they don't have a lot of guys on the bench in the first place. But it's like I think part of the reason – why they've been struggling is because when Luca is on the court, it's like, it's just Luca, Luca, Luca. Like that's just all it is. It's Luca is going to post up and he's either going to pass the ball to somebody or he's going to score and he's going to, and he might dribble the ball for 22 of the 24 seconds of the shot clock. There's not a lot of movement and stuff like that. So I think if they had another guy like Christian Wood right now is their second leading score. He's averaging about 17 a game. Uh, but it's like, if you look at the other guys that got off the bench, it's like Josh green, and, like, Maxi Kleber and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. So, so like, it's, like, like not bad players. And so it's, like, I, I think that's why it's, like, but they don't have, like, a bucket off the bench either. But it's, like, you need a okay. bucket next to Lucas still, too. You need somebody that can take some of that load off of him.
3: That's what they're looking to do. And I think with, with with um, excuse me, with Dinwiddie, the, I'm sorry, Christian Wood, like, people can say what they want about him coming off the bench, but he has the, the, the fourth most uh, minutes per game. For Dallas, and that's behind Luka and Dinwiddie, right? I just like he's still getting a lot of playing time out there, but yeah, for Dallas, like I think, you know, yeah, that him him coming off the bench, I think is probably the best thing for him right now. That, that could change as they go forward, but anyway, I don't see why people are are so upset about it. Um, I don't know, Jason Kidd though. Maybe they question Jason Kidd more more than they do. Other things.
1: Um, Jaden Hardy is a player, is a second round player that they drafted this year. He yeah. leads the G League in points with twenty nine a game, but his he has a negative assist to turnover ratio, three point six to four. Um, he's a guy you'll probably see. They called him up early in the year. I'm not sure if he got any minutes, but oh yeah, um, no, that, that is a they, guy were, ta- they were talking
0: about uh, calling him up. But it's one, like you said, he has a negative assist to turnover ratio. I think that's one of the things they might be worried about. is like turnovers because I mean he's still a really young young player, yeah. Uh, so it's it's not saying He's that he can Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you can. Chain Hardy's not the answer. It's so hard, season. especially when you have a team, which like, even though Dallas might not necessarily be a contender based on how they've looked so far this season, uh, but I mean, I, I still think they, they're trying to be. And I don't know if on a contender you can look to a rookie who's like, I think, like 19 years old, and you're going to be like, oh, that's going to be that. Yes. Th- yeah, that's the guy who's going to come in and he's gonna save our team,
3: especially if he's turning the ball over more. Yeah, yeah, but We'll have to get that figured. A lot though. of potential there. Yeah,
0: but sure. uh, an, so moving on from the Mavericks, we got another Western Conference team that we have not. We've. Um, I'll be honest, we have neglected this team on the fast Too break much. podcast. Too much. We have over the last couple seasons, but it's not. It's it's, it's not our fault. It's because they weren't doing much. When's but the last time they made playoffs? 2006, 2006, but I'll say it right now. I am completely on the Sacramento Kings train, light the, beam. light the freaking beam, just light it up. It's, I don't know what it is about this team, but like, even like, like you said, if you're watching, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see, I got the Grizzlies hoodie, the Grizzlies hat. Even when I was watching them beat the Grizzlies the other night, I just couldn't get over the fact. I was like, what the Kings are actually good. Like, it was like, that was the thing that I came away with. It wasn't even, like, obviously I was like, dang, okay, the Grizzlies lost. But I was like, but, the, like, that's a good team. The it's Kings. Shocking. Yeah,
3: it certainly overtakes your emotion in that in that situation.
1: Yeah, usually you lose to the Kings and, uh, you know, the world's on fire. <laughs> yeah,
3: but. right. That, that you're like, man, this is actually a, probably a good loss to the Kings, right?
2: The thing about the Kings is, too, you look at their lineup, like, their best – Asset to their team Is their offense Like you look at The guys Oh they dude got, their offense Is ridiculous De'Aaron Fox Kevin Herter Who is taking a huge lead We already seen Flashes of him When he was yeah. in um, The Atlanta With Trey Young We seen flashes of him But not to this extent Then you have Keegan Murray Who the whole preseason Was showing a lot Of great flashes And throughout the season Who's been playing Pretty well Malik Monk who he, he know he can get a bucket, dude. I don't too. know. Why, I don't know why the Lakers didn't bring him back. Exactly.
0: He was like the yeah. only <laughs> the only person that was, he was like the
2: only good player
1: exactly. on the Lakers and for
0: most of last year. I don't know why they didn't like bring six him six back. Six
1: million. It's not like they couldn't afford him. No, no but got Harrison Barnes too. Harrison Barnes has been playing all awesome. since left the Warriors. Now nah, the thing the about back.
0: Kevin Herter, he's been doing like he when you watch him. Not to say like it's so hard to compare people to Steph Curry. I'm not going to say he's Steph Curry. I mean he is shooting. Almost forty. He's like shooting like forty five percent from three right now, which is ridiculous. But you can tell he just never stops moving off the ball, yeah. and it's just like catch and shoot. It doesn't matter moving. Uh, I'm at the elbow. I'm at the top of the key in the corner. It doesn't matter where he is. He's letting it fly, and he and they're lighting the beam. It's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous the kind of stuff that the Kings are doing, uh, which. I think coming into this season, a lot of people saw them as maybe they could be a team that could be a playing team, which that's still where I would have them. I don't know if I'm going to say they're going to get a top six spot uh, just because I don't think they're going to end up being ahead of Golden State still. Uh, I still think they're going to end up probably being seven or eight at best, but who knows? I mean, you look at them right now, they're 11 and nine. And because of how every everything is kind of squished together in the West right now, they're like, I think they're, they're like a game and a half out of being the third seed in the West. And I know we're only a quarter of the way through the season, but it's just like just to show we have so much time left in the season and they're still in a really good position to be even a top six seed if they can keep playing the way they have been playing. Uh, and I've always been a big Keegan Murray fan. He hasn't gotten as much hype as some of the other rookies have, but I do think he's been solid for the Kings. Uh, hasn't been putting up like, ridiculous numbers like maybe some of these other rookies have but I think it's also part of the thing is he's playing with really good players around him too like he's in a starting lineup with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis and stuff like that so he's not being able to be the number one option kind of like Benedict Matherin is basic it seems like he's basically the number one option for the Pacers on a lot of nights uh between him and Halliburton and then or not how you know what I meant uh but it's, it's just kind of ridiculous to see uh, kind of the way that they've been playing as rookies.
1: And something uh, Kevin Durant mentioned uh, when talking about the Kings, he said, watch what Kevin Herter's doing. And uh, the thing that Kevin Herter's doing is him and Sabonis are just are a great duo. Um, uh, y'all mentioned, uh, y'all kind of drew comparisons to Herter and, and Curry, which sounds crazy. But um, it's like Curry, Draymond, uh, Herter, Sabonis right now because... Sabonis he leads the team he leads the team in assists with 6.4 which is unheard of with the guy at his size And what that allows you to do is to create so many dribble handoffs, which uh, plays into her strength um, back in Atlanta You know he didn't have that he didn't have a guy Like Sabonis, you know John Collins a good player, but he's not he doesn't have the uh, playmaking capabilities that, that Sabonis does And you know that that's that's just why they're so successful. Um, they're fifth in the league in assists and one of the best offenses in the league. And yeah, they're just going to keep on lighting the beam. And uh, we love to see it. You know, we love history. They haven't made the playoffs since 06. Uh, don't know if it's going to happen yeah. this year, but great,
3: great things coming. I just got to ask y'all, do y'all remember who put them out in 06? Probably no. San Antonio. That's your team, right? All right. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a softball <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> Last like, time man. that. Yeah, know. And, You know, and that's the funny thing about this, man. Like, obviously, I have a few years on y'all. It's even rare for me to see the Kings being a good team. I haven't seen that since the Chris Webber, Mike Bibby days. No, i like no, that's, that's I'm saying
0: I can't. I can't remember the Kings being good ever
3: like that. Yeah. I remember Tyreek Evans. Y'all were pups, man. Like, you know, you I remember Evans. I remember,
0: Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans. But that was the closest they've been to being good. I feel like the whole time. And then when they had DeMarcus yeah. the Cousins, it was like, oh, maybe <laughs> they can ridiculous. do something. And, then, yeah, and, then, the and talk, then didn't
3: talk spring up last week that he was wanting to go back to Sacramento. I hope so he, he deserves
1: a spot if DeAndre Jordan has a job then Boogie Cousins also deserves one
3: I, let them get in in the mix Like the Kings right now you got six players averaging double figures right now just to touch on their offense because you have big men like, like you mentioned Justin that are able to dish that ball off and want to get people involved that helps your game so, so much, especially when that big man is the second leading scorer because you have to worry about his, you know, pick and rolls. Is he going to take it? Is he going to dish it off? So, it, it's helped to create such a great offense for them. Yeah. I'm so
2: glad that the Kings selected Marvin Bagley instead of Jern during that draft.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> not to say Marvin
2: Bagley is a bad player because he's been playing better as he's been on the Pistons. He's been playing way better. But. He's not sharing. He, he's not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> no, and
0: no, nah, that's that's the same thing. Like I, like no offense, Justin, but I saw this. I saw this thing the other so, day, and it was talking about R.J. Barrett. When R.J. Barrett was like, "I don't want to get drafted by the Grizzlies," and the Grizzlies were like, "Cool, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we were also <Yeah>,
1: awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can say about R.J. Barrett. Not many of them are, are positive things at the moment. But you know, the mid three moves, they move on there. Two games from a five hundred. It's <laughs> hey, not <to> admit, <laughs> the nah, mid, nah. The mid,
0: the mid three. I mean, if you want to get some Knicks talks, we can because I mean, the Knicks and the Grizzlies did play pretty recently. That was a pretty good game.
1: Jalen uh,
2: Brunson was hooping.
1: Yeah, he's great. Um, you know that coincides with our Mavericks talk. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of uh, Chris Paul, just the way uh, he commands the floor. And uh, you know th- what stands out to me when I watch Jalen Brunson is like he's so smart. Like mm-hmm. the things he does, the uh, the uh. Uh, chances that he creates in that like mid post area, is is amazing. Like his bag is so deep and he's a lot of fun to watch, especially for a, a player at his size.
2: He creates shots so good too. Like you said, like he's nowhere close to the most athletic player on the floor, right. but he always finds himself in the paint creating back – I don't even know how – It's crazy. It's, it's honestly crazy that you see it, but it works so effectively just cause like you said, he's a smart player. He reads the defense well. He's a great facilitator. Um, was another reason why we seen him snap in the postseason when Luka was out. Yeah, dropped 40. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when Luka was out, he was leading the Mavericks. So, we know what he can get into. It's just a matter of now he's just adjusted to a new situation. And as we've seen in the game when we was watching him play against the Grizzlies, it seems like he's starting to realize that – He's the number one option a little bit now. Oh yeah, like he's starting to realize like, okay, I have to get a bucket. So um, it's just be interesting to see how he develops over the the time with the Knicks.
1: Yeah, that's the thing with the Knicks. They they have an identity problem. That we don't really have a true number one option because I mean the other night Julius scored 36th, and then you know game later he he puts up twenty four and only scores like eighteen from that. And then there's other nights where you know RJ he has the most shots in the team and like the third most points so yeah not not many exciting things going on in new york i'm still gonna watch them because they play in the greatest arena in the world and they um have the best broadcast team in the world so yeah go new york go new york go for now but um yeah not many things to say about them other than uh because <laughs> I mentioned the the arena and the commentary team, I didn't mention a basketball player. Yeah, <laughs> I Jalen totally Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh
0: yeah. nah, okay. It was really cool to see Ja get the uh, triple double in MSG and sign the jersey and give it to his dad. Yep, you gotta I'll bring the best in the garden. Oh yeah, and and that mm-hmm. that is the thing about MSG. As much as you can yeah. say about the Knicks, Madison Square Garden best every
2: night. Yeah, <laughs> it, like it every night. <laughs> it's the mecca for a reason. <laughs> every you know? night. So also, Man. yeah,
3: I caught what you said earlier talking about. Uh, Talking talk about Jalen Brunson, he's like a CP3. How he commands the floor, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, for
1: yeah. sure. Yeah, that's that's kind of his uh, comp to me. But yeah, enough about the Knicks.
3: How he commands the floor. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enough about the Knicks. Okay, so <laughs> we had to. Oh, I forgot. Oh, we were going to talk about another team. We're we, we're getting all the teams we don't talk about most of the time out of the way this week because we got to talk about the freaking Indiana Pacers. Wow. Because
2: they're fourth in the east right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they and was it putting him in Wimby the jerseys. Rookie.
1: They was putting Wimby <laughs> in uh Pacer jerseys this season. Uh, I'd be doing the same thing. I mean, I'd probably if we had all had our preseason rankings, I probably had him like thirteenth seed or something. And, and I feel like most of that
2: kind of went to to a lot of people expected Buddy Hill and Miles Turner to be gone by now. Yeah, so most of him to be traded. Miles. So
0: But dude, I'm telling yeah. you, Miles Turner is first team all NBA trade rumor like he's in every he's been in <laughs> a trade rumor he,
1: he likes every single too he likes the trade rumors he like yeah no and then he does
0: stuff like he went on woj and was like oh dude if I was the lakers I would definitely look at I'm like
1: what <laughs> you, you, is, is that, that allowed not tampering <laughs> yeah that's no, not, God, I was just going to say that I've never seen anything saying. like that
0: <laughs> I was just I was say like say. I don't know if that's allowed I, I, but the, sure. the two players obviously the two players they're going to build around that have been playing great is Benedict Matherin, who Backed up his LeBron talk, which I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah, is, I scored him, that it, was so nice to see. Like when he, that's it, an all-time it, moment. No, that's a all, that is an all-time <laughs> moment. And I know it's a regular season game in November, and LeBron has four rings. I don't need any LeBron stands to come out and be like, no, no, but I, I know LeBron is a great player. He might be the greatest player ever. We get it, we get it, we get it. Hey, I'm, but, I'm right here. But this all, that's what I'm saying. But this offseason, Benedict Matherin said, LeBron James is going to have to show me he's better than me. All that stuff he did before was before I got to the NBA. And then he came out and he outscored him and out rebounded them and they won the game on a buzzer beater. The only thing that would have been better is if he had hit the buzzer beater. If he had hit the buzzer beater, that would have been an all time moment. Yeah, I don't in care. His face, yeah. <laughs> in his
3: face, in his arena. <laughs> yeah. The future is
0: now, old man. Yeah. It's like let, let's go. We're that's 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 time. basically I mean, I what be Benedict Matherin said. He said the future is now. I hope you're ready. But hashtag the mid from Akron. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> but Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Mathurin, those two guys, that that could be a scary
2: duo. So do Going you think forward. the Pacers, now that they see, like you said, they're doing better than they expected. Um, I could see them definitely getting rid of Buddy Hield in the future just because Benedict, I feel like, will eventually take over him. But with that being said, obviously, I don't think that they will win, but they're doing way better than they expected. So do you feel like they would now look to keep Miles Turner, or do you still think that they'll try to deal him later in the future?
0: So whenever it comes to this, it's all it's always about the what can you get for Miles Turner. I think if they can see if they find a place where they can get multiple first round picks for Miles Turner, I think they'll do it. If they can try to get two first round picks, I think maybe. Uh at least a player in a first round pick is what they're gonna be looking for. I don't think anything less than that. Uh so it's all it's all gonna be about what compensation they can get back. But I don't think that based on what they've done so far this season that they're going to be ready to abandon kind of like the rebuild, I think, because I mean, they're still a rebuilding team. I know they're 12 and nine, but you remember at this point last year, the Bulls were the first seed in the East Mm -hmm. and they fell off incredibly and they are currently right now. uh, They're fourth, but they're two and a half games from being in uh, 11th. So yeah. it's so it's like I am not sold that the Pacers are going to be this good. Now m- could they make the play-in game? I think so. But I don't think they I don't think they're 4 seed good. I'll say that. I think they I'll have a that.
2: chance to be one of the top 6 seeds at the best. Like I feel like they can at the highest cuz like we said with the Heat, um the Heat right now they haven't looked that good, but you can expect them to come back. We know Boston's going to be there, we know Milwaukee, then we go to the Cavs, Heat 76ers probably. Mm-hmm. Raptors, yeah, so probably seven, six at the highest I can see. Pacers.
3: I can see definitely top eight. And I mean, and obviously more likely five through eight. I don't even think of five, but maybe six, seven, eight. I, I think they're going to finish for sure in, and in even the top half of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you know, d- d- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about the Nets. We are. So.
1: I don't know. I honestly, don't, I'm not projecting the the Pacers to make the playoffs. I didn't even say the Magic.
3: The Magic.
1: <laughs> oh, the Magic.
3: There's a reason you didn't say the Magic. <laughs> hey, but um, with the with the shout Pacers, out to, shout out the Tim.
1: No. With the Pacers, Miles Turner, he's not under contract next year, so they and he's he, he's turning 27 pretty soon, so they got to make a decision if they they want him to be a part of their future. Because if not, they can get some you know first round pick. Right? We all agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. They they just got to figure out who who's going to be their two guys and then see if they can try to get another pick this year and kind of and just kind of go from there. But I, like I said, I do see them falling off a little bit. Uh, not to say that they couldn't. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is just the Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a borderline All Star season. Yeah. And how and
1: about how about this? There's a three game stretch. Um, he had two turnovers last game, but there's a three game stretch. He had. F- these these are his like box scores: fifteen assists, zero turnovers, eleven assists, zero turnovers, fourteen assists, zero turnovers. So we're on a it's three ridiculous. game stretch. That's like man, yeah, that's 40. that's some quick math. Yeah, that's forty assists to no turnovers. That's pr- that's oh, got to be story. good. And
0: he's and he's a, he's a very good defender too. And, a, like and it's like overall solid
1: score.
2: I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, like he he has great hands, quick feet. Like Tyrese Halliburton is the point guard that you want on your team. <laughs> like, there's no question
2: about that. Going back to that one play where we was just talking about with the buzzer beater, I don't know if you've seen the video of him breaking it down.
3: But if oh, you yeah. listen
2: to how he was breaking down, like, you could tell just how smart he was. He was oh, yeah.
0: Down. No, it sounds like, uh, I don't know if y'all Kinda watching like it. like <laughs> the Cooper Cup. Thing. Yeah, no, no it's, yeah. Like, it's, and it's like something you hear with, like, LeBron where they mm-hmm. can, like, remember stuff and they can take you through everything. But it's almost like the way that he was describing it, it was like time was slowing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, okay, I looked over here and then I see that he's covered and then I look over here. And it's like, you did all of this where it's like, if you look at the clip, it was in, like, Half a second, like it's like he's nabbed his finger. Oh, oh pass the yeah. ball. It's like, and that's the crazy thing is people don't understand. Like, I mean, I think people do maybe understand it on a on a low level about like what people mean when they say basketball IQ. But being able to make correct decisions on a basketball court when those guys are as quick and athletic and tall and as as they are, and not to turn the ball over on every possession. It's it's kind of crazy because especially on a on a possession like that yeah, game when on line. yeah game on the line only a three beats them they're selling out on the three pointer and I mean it was a great shot too uh so all, all of that it was that that was a really exciting game though but uh, the Pacers
1: and he was waiting on LeBron to the make Pacers. the wrong move on that that sequence
2: it's. We, the Pacers and the Kings got segments on the podcast. Today, Side guys. note about that, I've seen people that honestly, people be trying to say that was on LeBron. That definitely was not on LeBron because if you watch the clip, he had to drop down because the person that was on the block has to step up to stop Halliburton. So if you, a lot of people are trying to blame that on LeBron, but if you watch the clip of No Basketball, you know that LeBron has to respect the drop down, which, that, like we said, that was a smart move by Halliburton to make it, but. um yeah, I, I just don't understand. People was trying to make it seem like LeBron was out of position. Well,
3: thanks for keeping the stands at bay, um, because obviously sometimes, yeah, you got to look at it like that. It wasn't it wasn't his fault on that play, but it was just you know it's one of those things. Great offense, just exactly. it just it just overcame and hell of a shot from Matherin and man the, the Pacers right now they earn their spot on on the podcast and for good reason. That man the Kings, but especially the Pacers, man. I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Miles Turner do you go completely small ball if, if you get rid of him? Uh, not, you know, you still have obviously some tall presence there, but I don't know. Turner right now, he's he's a really good player, and I think he, if you're going to eventually trade him, you've got to sell out soon because he's he's got a good stock.
0: Okay, but before we close, well, this is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about, and we had to talk about it because <laughs> this is a Bull Bull fan podcast. So we got to talk about Bull Bull. Bobo right now is my it might be my favorite player in the NBA because it's it's like it's ridiculous to see a dude that is as big as he is moved where he is. Everybody's talking about uh, Wimby coming over next yeah. year from France. We already got uh, it. It's we like got dude, a bowl. we have we Bobo. <laughs> it's a bowl. like Bobo <laughs> walks so that Victor Wimby and Yama can run yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're gonna see. It's Because ridi- it's like When you Imagine see a dude He's 7'2 He can handle He can grab the rebound Take like five steps And get to the other side Of the court It feels
2: like
1: With a <laughs> 7'8 wingspan That's just mind numbing I mean he just Doesn't look real The so, ball, ball yeah. wouldn't
2: be matchup next season It's gonna be generational <laughs> no, I saw. I saw this finals, I saw
0: this tweet.
1: People were talking about
0: like, dude. If it's like, I don't even want to talk to like our future kids one day about basketball because they're going to be like, dude. LeBron played against plumbers. Uh, we got like, th- he didn't even play against guys that were seven three that could shoot and defend. Like that that, that is that's that's gonna be to think
3: about though. <laughs> like that's gonna wow, be like yeah. in like
0: ten years. That's gonna be the entire NBA is just gonna be, bro, seven play gonna be in
1: LeBron played like with Doordash drivers like just Matt a Ryan. Bunch of that's what they're saying. Like JJ one
0: five. LeBron up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like dude, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be crazy.
1: <laughs> LeBron like, played against Doordash drivers, uh, <laughs> podcasters, uh, anything else?
0: Yeah, that, all 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 of the stuff that you hear saying now, it's gonna be crazy, because I mean, it's. I just I will never get used to it, and I mean it's really good to see Bol Bol finally like get a chance because he was like when he was in high school he was already a superstar. He was a YouTube superstar. Everybody knew about Bol Bol. They were like, oh, he's up next. Oh, this is Manute Bowl son. Look, he's seven two, or he was already seven foot when he was like fifteen years old dribbling the, the ball KD. through his hands. That yeah, they were calling and they were doing all of this, and this, he's finally getting a chance, and he's succeeding. He's he's doing awesome, averaging almost fourteen points a game, eight rebounds, uh, just doing every playing good defense, making highlight plays. It seems like almost every night, uh, going coast to coast, making passes like
2: he's an eighty on two K now. Like we said, The two K rating is going up. Oh, he's up
0: to an eighty, dude.
1: We're talking about the most
0: improved player potentially right here. I I think that right now he's in the lead
2: for it because I mean
0: you gotta go, you gotta think about it it's a guy who went from not being in, in the, the rotation rotate, yeah. like last year for Denver he only played in 14 games he only played in 14 games so this year a key part of the rotation to, like, to, and, and start he started games for he has started some games for the magic too
2: I would not be surprised if they they honestly well honestly, I don't know because they have Wendell Carter you know Mobamba so it'll be interesting to see but honestly he may can work his way into that star lineup, just depending on the matchup. You can run like maybe Wendell Bow. Uh, that's that's kind of tricky, but I feel like maybe it just depends. They have a lot of size in their lineup, but so. yeah,
0: I I mean I think quarter of the way through the season, Bull Bow most improved player. I agree. I I was I, I mean that's the fa- that's everyone's favorite story. But I don't right feel now. like he'll
2: get it honestly. Like,
0: I don't I don't know if he'll get it, but I feel like. Uh, I'm, I'm for it. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm just I'm just excited. They're finally giving him a chance. Exactly. Because I feel like he's always had the potential. I know he has some injuries and stuff like that, too. So it's really good to just finally see him get a chance to play and he's succeeding. And you can tell like that magic team like they're they're not good right now. They're probably not going to be good this season. But coming. if they can keep that core together and they get like Jalen Suggs and they have Bobo and you see Paolo Bonchero, I think quarter of the way through the season, I still think he's probably rookie of the year. folks is coming is back. It's going to be between him and Matthew. You say friends. Yeah. yeah, friends. Ugh, dude, that team is going to be good. It might not be this year. It might not even be next year. But at some point, that team is going to be good. Uh, and with that, I think that we can close out. Uh, As always, thank you for listening to this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. For Keithan, Chris, Justin, I'm your host, Bryson Wright. We'll see you all in the next one.